Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Watermark OC Church Sunday Message. Watermark is a generational community that is crazy passionate about starting a conversation about God, your relationships, and authentic love. If you're interested in getting more information, please click the link in the show notes for next steps. Thanks again for listening. It's our hope and prayer that this message would transform your life. Amen. That's Davo Sweetie. Give him a hand, huh? Coach of Clemson National Champions, right? Did anybody see the game? Amazing game. A lot of stuff going on there. But I just love Davo Sweeney because he brings it home, right? Not only does he bring home a national championship to Clemson, but he brings home his love for Jesus Christ wherever he's at. He share, it bubbles out of him because it's inside of him. It's just natural for it to come out of him in conversation and who he is, what he does with his players, what he does on the field, off the field, it's, it's the center of his life. It's his centering principle. And so joy bursts forth out of his heart. And it's natural for him to have a God conversation, you know, in the places where he lives, where he works, where he plays. And I love that. I love that he brings it home. And we're excited that you guys are here. I'm Pastor Bucky. That was Pastor Ben. Pastor Ben, he's kind of the Dabo Sweeney of Watermark Church. You know, he's, he's pretty hipster, pretty cool. He's, he's a joy bunny. He's bouncing around. I'm sort of the, the crusty old defensive coordinator. You know, the guy on the sidelines, it's always a little cranky. Hey, come on, suck it up, you know. But I'm glad I got Dabo in my life so I can have a little joy. But we're excited as a team because we partner together, Ben and I, at Watermark Church as pastors to bring this series house church for you with you because we're so excited about it because we think this is really God's heart for watermark in 2019 that God wants us to bring it home God wants us to bring it home into your lives the places where you live work and play in 2019 see we don't want to be like Vegas right Watermark does not want to be a Vegas church. Whatever happens at Watermark stays at Watermark. We don't want that to happen, right? We want whatever happens at Watermark to go home with you. We want the gospel that we preach to go home with you. We want the worship that we express to go home with you. We want the hope that we we share to go home with you. We want to have the love that we encounter in the community to go home with you. We want the faith that we live in here to live outside of here. We want whatever happens in this building to leave this building. At 11.15, guess what? Church starts because church has left the building and we want to bring it home. And we're in this series called House Church from the book of Ephesians and the Apostle Paul, and you guys have, hopefully everyone got one of these when you came in, because I'm going to challenge you with this verse that we're going to talk about today, because it is a house church prayer. And if you didn't get one, when you leave, we have more out in the lobby, take this home with you and bring this prayer home to your house, to your relationships, to your marriages, to your families, to your parenting relationships, to your relationships with your mothers and fathers, to the relationships you share with your neighbors. Bring this prayer home and see what God's going to do in the place where you live, the place that you call home. And we're going to unpack this prayer today, and I'm going to talk about Paul's passion of praying this church for the church of Ephesus, Ephesus, that they would bring it home. But let's say this together. Uh, fill God's house with God's word. Would you read this with me if you can see it? It's Ephesians chapter 3. If you want to pop it up on your phone too, 
verses 14 through 20. Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. Open your Bibles or say it right here. Follow my lead. When I think of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. Come on, I can't hear you. The creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of God. May you experience the love of Christ through, through it's too great to be understood fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish, accomplish infinitely more than he might ask or think. Glory to him in the church in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. That's Paul's house church prayer. Paul's house church prayer for the, the, the church in Ephesus that he was a part of founding and he was praying for those people and those families that they would take what happens inside of the church outside of the church and bring it home to their relationships, their families, their marriages, their parenting, all the key, their work life, their play life, every aspect of that life. And that's what we want to be praying in 2019 as a church that God would take this incredible gospel and bring it home into our lives. We're going to be looking at uh, this great principle, that this, this whole prayer underlines this principle, I think. This is the one point that I want to bring home to you today. The one point that I think Paul is praying on, that this whole prayer hinges on, right? Here's what Paul is saying. If we want to bring the church home, we want to have better marriages, better relationships with our kids, Better, better understanding of how to love our neighbors. Better walk with our coworkers. If we want to do that, Christ must be at home in our hearts. If we want to bring the church home in 2019, Christ must be more at home in our hearts. That's really the centerpiece of Paul's prayer. And what does he mean by that? How can we pray in that vein? How can we take this with our wives and pray? Or in our significant, maybe, maybe you have roommates. Maybe you're in, in a house with a bunch of roommates. How could you pray for your roommates or with your roommates this prayer? Uh, maybe you're a student. How can you pray for your classmates with this prayer? What does this look like for them? What does this look like for the generations that you're thinking about? How do we do this? Why does Paul pray? Paul begins this house church prayer on his knees. This is what he says. And this is from the NIV. You have a different translation here. This is from the NIV here. And you can choose whichever way uh, you want to pray it in 2019. But he says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family, every family in heaven, the generations that, that have known God throughout the ages, generations of families past, generations of families now, generations of families future, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. You see, Paul bends his knee because of the tremendous things he's written about in the first three chapters of Ephesians. 
I would encourage you to read about some of the stuff he's written about in the first three chapters. It is amazing stuff. And because he's been on the mountaintop with God, right? He's seen all the amazing riches that God has showered upon us. He pivots in prayer and he focuses towards the church. How does this stuff in heaven get down here into your house, right? How does heaven come into your home? How does that happen, right? And Paul pivots in prayer on his knees. See, prayer is partnering with God. It's a partnership. Isn't that amazing? The all-powerful, all-knowing, greatest being in all the universe wants to partner with you in your home. God wants to partner with you in your marriage. God wants to partner with you in your dating relationship. God wants to partner with you as you parent your children. God wants to partner you in the workplace. God wants to partner with you at school. He wants to partner with you in order to accomplish his will in your life. That's amazing. It's sort of like the, did you you ever hear the story about the elephant and the mouse that crossed the bridge? What did the mouse say to the elephant? Boy, did we make that bridge shake. That's prayer, man. You're partnering with the most powerful being in the universe. Do you want to shake up things in your house? Do you want to rock the house for God? Do you want to see God do immeasurably more? Partner with God in prayer. Bend your knees and ask him to do immeasurably more. That's what Paul's doing. He's partnering with the the most amazing being in the universe. Would you bring it home into this church? What a gift prayer is. The most powerful place you can be for your home is on your knees in the morning or at night in the midday praying over your relationships. That's the most powerful thing you can do for your family. Prayer. Why? Because he's a good father. Jesus, over and over again, as he discipled his men and the women that followed him, encouraged them to pray. At all times, with perseverance and confidence, in Luke chapter 11, he said, ask Seek and knock. Keep knocking on the door. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Why? Well, you, you're, you're earthly fathers, right? Jesus said, you guys are earthly fathers. You know how to give gifts to your kids, right? When your kids come and ask you for a, a sandwich, do you give them a scorpion? When they want an egg, do you throw a stone at them? Anybody wrap up a stone and give it to their kids this last Christmas? Now, I felt like it sometimes, but I never gave a stone to my kids, right? We're, we're earthly fathers. We're, we're broken. We're frail. And yet we know how to give gifts. Jesus says, how much more were your heavenly father? Who knows everything that you need, give you the good and greatest gifts. How much more will he give the Holy Spirit, he says in Luke, the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. That is the greatest gift that God has ever given you in your life through salvation. He's placed his spirit right inside of you that's amazing and that's why Paul's praying because he knows as he looks at all the incredible things that God has given us in Christ Jesus every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms Ephesians 1 3 and he's adopted us into his family we're his very own children right all these blessings You've been chosen before the foundation of the world by your father to be his very own. When he sees you, he sees somebody that's holy and blameless. No spot, no wrinkle, totally his beloved one. He's lavished 
lavished grace upon you, forgiveness and redemption by his own blood. He's marked you with a seal, a promise of eternity. The Holy Spirit is a seal on eternity in your life. He has revealed to you the mystery of his will to bring everything in the ages under Christ. Ben said he's made you a grace-based person. Last week he talked, go, go listen to the podcast, a great, amazing job explaining grace to us. In Ephesians 2, you are saved by grace, not of your own works. It is a gift of God. And because of that, you are his workmanship, poema. You, you are a new song, a new creation. And he's placed you into a new community, a reconciled family of God. Jews and Gentiles, every person on the planet, now you are a new temple. Not this building, you're the building. The Holy Spirit resides inside of you now. You're a part of a new country, a heavenly country. Your citizenship is with him, and you're a part of a new body, the body of Christ. You're his family, his children. Oh my gosh, these are amazing blessings. Because that Paul prays, out of these riches, God, Father, give them to your children into everyday life. Bring these riches into their homes, into their families, into the key relationships of their life. Bring these riches home. That's what he's praying. That's what prayer does. It's this powerful thing to give us inner strength. See, inner strength through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. How come so many people in Orange County are so spiritually wealthy as Christians and that they live as spiritual hillbillies, right? It's like Jed Clampett, right? How many Christmas were sitting on this oil and this gold, Right? We're millionaires, and yet we, we're shabby with our faith. We have no hope. One crisis blows our house down. We're afraid to share our faith and gospel with anybody because we might get rejected. We're so fragile and frail, and our house can be blown down by any circumstance. And the difficulty and the struggle, addiction, the church is no different than the world in many of the key things. Why is that happening? Why are we so rich and yet living as spiritual hillbillies many times? Old Jed millionaires they were out there shooting at the coon right trying to hunt out and get just get some scraps on our spiritual table so we can make it through another day with jed and all of a sudden up from the ground comes a bubbling crude and paul sees that crude and he goes gold oh my gosh every spiritual blessing bring it up god gush through their lives with the power of your spirit right you remember the the movie four weddings and a funeral anybody seen that movie fun movie Got to watch it. There's this, there's this shaky priest in there, and he's, he's, this is his first wedding or funeral. He's all freaked out, and he goes, I bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spigot. The Holy Spigot, so freaked out, the Holy Spigot. And, and you know what? How do you turn on the spigot, though? If, if there's a Holy Spigot in my heart, how do I turn that on, right? How do I get that stuff flowing? It's through the power of submission and prayer. When we bend a knee, when we submit to the Father's plan, when we ask him to fill our lives, prayer and humility turns on that spigot, right? It allows the spirit to flow into our lives and our relationships. What is Paul saying? This is the challenge, guys. We've got to make a priority for prayer in 2019 for our families, our relationships. We've got to care more about what God puts in our heart, not what he puts in our house. We care more about what God puts in our house, what God puts in our garages, what God puts in our bank accounts, what God puts in our house 
the beautiful paintings and the wonderful things and the gated communities. We care more about that than what God has put in our hearts. You're sitting on gold, the greatest gold of the universe, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Empower that through the Spirit in your life. Bend the knee and see what God might do. He'll do immeasurably more by putting more of himself into your heart. More of his power, more of his mercy, more of his grace. Where do you get the power to have a committed marriage for life? Where do you get the power to forgive the ones that have hurt you and wounded you in your family system and in your business? Where do you get the power to forgive and reconcile and restore? Where do you get the power to look into eternity when you lose a loved one? Heaven forbid somebody's taken from your life. Where do you get the power to look into a hurting and say, I will see them again? Where does that hope, where does that joy through the midst of your suffering and cancer and circumstances and your, your, your surgeries, where does that come from? It doesn't come from the stuff that you put in your house. It comes from the God who put his spirit in your heart. He says, open your heart and let it flow on your knees in prayer. Paul believes that so strongly. And so when the spirit begins to flow, Paul says that empowers Christ to dwell and be at home in your heart. When the Spirit begins to flow, when you're submitted to the Spirit, Christ now begins to dwell and become more at home in your hearts so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Jesus replied in John, before he went to the cross, in the upper room, he said, anyone who loves me and wants to obey my teaching, he's talking about the quality of his relationship with a disciple, right? Anyone who loves me and wants to submit to my word in his life, my Father will love them and we will come and make our abode, our home in them. What is this talking about? Bucky, why, why do I need to pray this? I'm a Christian. Why would you need to pray? You're already a Christian. I, I prayed this prayer in Sunday school. I opened my heart and asked Jesus to come in. Do I need to get saved all over again every week? Do I need to pray? That you, are you asking me to get saved again? Is that what Paul's praying, that they'll get saved? That's not what he's praying. It has to do with the, the Greek word to dwell. What does that mean? It's not a word that describes proximity. It's a word that describes priority. It's not a word that's describing proximity. Yes, Paul knows that Jesus is already in their heart, but is he the priority of the heart? Is he the priority of the heart? This word, as Paul prays it, he's focusing on the quality of our relationship with Christ. Is Christ at home in your heart? Is he comfortable with the places that you're going to take him? Is he comfortable with the thoughts that come into your heart? Is he comfortable with the words that come out of your heart? Is he comfortable with the decisions that you make out of your heart and your will? Is he at home? Does he dwell in those decisions? This is about the quality of your relationship. And Paul is saying, I hope it expands. As one person, Charles Hodge, noted on this, Christ's indwelling is a matter of degrees. Christ's indwelling is a matter, is he, is he expanding Is he flourishing? Is he comfortable with the decisions and aspects and the things that live inside of your heart? That's, this is about quality. You see, he cannot be fully at home unless we trust him with every aspect of our lives. This is the process of sanctification. This is the process of our hearts becoming fully his. You know what my favorite place in my house is, which I'm going home to today? It's 
my, my easy chair. It's got a 360 swivel on it. I can, I, can, I can be master and commander. I can command the kids from that chair. I can change and watch the football game from that chair. I can TiVo. I can look at the kitchen and command my wife to bring me a sandwich from that chair. I can, I can yell at my dogs and tell them to get out and take care of their business from that chair. I don't even have to get up from that chair. And this is what I've got right here, the master commander control. You got one of these, man. These things are so cool because you can do all kinds of fun stuff with this. And so what Paul is praying is that Jesus would not just be an invited guest in your heart, but he'd be the master controller of your heart. Is Jesus just in the foyer of your heart and your life? Is it just an invited guest whenever on Sunday or when you go to Bible study? Or is he the settled king of your heart? Have you given him the master control? to your life have you given him the master control because he's not fully at home unless you've given him the master control is he at home in in the tv room of your heart the things that you view on the internet is he at home with that is he at home the things that you watch and you bring into your heart the things that you read is he is he at home in the tv room of your heart is he at home in the office the place of your heart where you organize your agenda and your day is he, is he comfortable with your calendar, the way you spend your time? Is he comfortable with the way you get into your checkbook and pay your bills? Would you, when, you, when he looks at the way you pay your bills, do you, does he see that he's the priority of your life? Does he see that he's the priority? If he looked at your checkbook, would he say, yes, I'm the priority of your heart? If he looked at the, the, the way that you talked to the ones that you say that you love, the war room of your heart when you're hurt and when you're festering, the way that you talk to your wife or your children, is he at home with the words that come out of your heart in the war room of your heart? Is Christ dwelling as the master, the settled king of your heart? That is where Paul is pushing us. I would encourage you as you pray this, on the back of this, that you'd start to make some notes for yourself and ask Jesus to show you what are the areas that I need to pray into and lean into so that he can have the master control of my life. Right? What, 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 one of the places to look into is what keeps you awake at night? What are you afraid of? Where's your anxiety come from? Perhaps it's because you've got the master control of your life in this area. What about the stuff that causes you to dream about things that are outside of the will of God? Perhaps that's what it is. What are the things that keep you awake? What are the things that keep you passionate? And what are you excited about? Maybe he's wanting you to pray into those things because he wants to bring more of himself into your marriage or into your workplace. See, so begin to journal on the back of this and say, Lord, where do you want me to lean into this prayer and give you the master control of my heart. Challenge you to do that in 2019 as we kick off this year because when Christ is at home, guess what? We begin to experience his incomprehensible love in the key relationships of our life. Make your love incom make your incomprehensible love tangible real in our daily lives 
Paul says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power, there's that word, have the power together with all the Lord's holy people. That's community. In community, you might have the power to grasp, right? How wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ and to know, to experience this love that surpasses knowledge. This is a miraculous prayer. Because Paul is saying, the unfathomable God who has more love than anybody's ever heard of, it's hard to even grasp his love, wants to pour that love right into your marriage, right into your relationship with your child, right into your relationship with your, your father or mother, right into your workplace relationships. He wants to pour that so that you could grasp it. You could take a hold of it, and then in that taking a hold, you could actually measure and understand and grasp this incomprehensible love of God and fill to the measure of fullness of all that he is. See, when he settles in your heart, he begins to rebuild it on the foundation of his love, right? The gospel says you are founded on his love. There is nothing that can separate you from God's love because of what Jesus did in pouring out his love for you on the cross. You, there's nothing that can separate you. There's nothing that will change his love for you because of that. That's the foundation of your love, his death and resurrection. So we're founded in that love. And as we experience that more in our hearts, it begins to rebuild and remodel some old ways of thinking. Right? So much condemnation that we pour on ourselves. So much self-hatred. So much shame and guilt from family of origin wounds because our parents didn't know how to love us. So much brokenness in relationships because of all the hits and hurts in this world. And God wants to found you upon his love and root you in his love because that cross is not just a historical event. It is a giving tree. It is a giving tree of life because Jesus rose from the dead. And he said, I am the living vine, right? You're the branches. Abide in me. Be rooted in me. Draw nourishment from me on a daily basis with my love. Be renewed in your mind with my grace and my love. And as we do that, as God changes and reforms our heart around his love, we can bring that love into the key relationships of our lives. And we can begin to grasp the length, width, and breadth of his love even in our relationships. Kathleen and I, almost 40 years of marriage. Praise God. We've been able to grasp some of this. Been able to grasp immeasurably more. The most amazing thing in my life is to have the gift of this woman and a family founded on Jesus Christ, rooted in Jesus Christ, not perfectly, but as I look back at this in Paul's prayer, I say, God, you've been so faithful to me over 40 years of a relationship with this person and my children and my parents, generational blessings that God has done unfathomable to me, measurably more, right? How wide is God's love? Way wider than I ever dreamed. Did I ever dream that we were going to bring orphans? My generations would adopt orphans from other DNA schools, from other places who would have been abandoned on the streets and left to a life of brokenness, addition, and bring those beautiful children to my family. And regardless of their race or their color where they came from, I love them as my very own. It's so wide. It's so much wider than my prejudices and my fears. It's so much wider. 
is so much wider than refugees. It's so much wider that I, that I would be burdened by a refugee and I want, would want to give out of my own household so this man could get his family to freedom. Where does that come from? It only comes from the width of the love of God in my family system. And how, how do you measure the height of God's love? Anniversaries, celebrations, graduations, baptisms, blessings, and all the intimacy and laughter and joy that I've shared of all these years with so many family members and friends in my home the greatest friends, the richest relationship because of the height of God's love. I can experience that here on this planet with many of you, many of my family and my friends. And what about the length of God's love? For Kathleen and I to, to bury our, parent, our, our, our Kathleen's mom and Kathleen's brother with cancer and disease and to know that God's love is greater than the grave to bury my own son and know that God's love is greater, it's longer, it's eternal, and to be able to reach in that eternity and say, I'm going to see them again because of the love of God. It knows no bounds. Do you know that love? It's available today through Jesus Christ. It can be poured into your heart and you can share it with the key relationships and you can actually feel it. It's tangible. It's beautiful. It's wonderful in the depth of God's love, the depth of brokenness, the things that I've done to Kathleen as I've hurt her with my words, as I've betrayed my vows at many times and lacked integrity with her, as I, as I haven't been a good man many times, and yet she forgives me over and over again. It's unfathomable to me. She keeps forgiving me. And I experience God's love and I experience His grace even though I blow it again in a marriage relationship of committed love. And I do the same for her. And so I could say, yes, I've experienced this in tangible ways in my relationships, and I want more. Do you want more? God has more for you. He's never going to run out of this stuff. So pour your heart out and ask him to bring this love into your family, into your relationships, into the key parts of your life, because he can do immeasurably more. This is how the world sees that he is God. What is the greatest evangelistic tool that we have in a post-Christian world? What is the greatest evangelistic tool to have a God conversation with your neighbors and friends? It's the love that's in your house. You know, many people are never going to come into this building. Many people don't even care about the church. The church is irrelevant to them. All this Bible stuff is irrelevant. But when they see somebody filled with the love of God, when they see a marriage filled with the love of God, when they see a parenting relationship restored with a child, when they see God take healing and heal generations, when they see that, they see the miracle of God. That's God's plan. It's not this building. It's not a fog machine. It's not the fancy music or even the, the silver tongue preaching. None of that stuff matters without the love of God. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, the church, you guys, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. This is the key. No one has ever seen God. Who is this God? Most people don't even believe in God anymore. Is there a God, some spiritual thing? No one's ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made manifest, complete, tangible in our lives. This is the greatest tool to share the good news of Jesus. It's God's love in your marriage, God's love for your children, God's love in your house. Are you praying that God will bring that love home so that your neighbors will know Jesus Christ? 
Are you praying that God will bring that love home so that your coworkers will know Jesus Christ? Are you praying that God would fill you so much with his love that it would pour out of you like in Dabble Swinney and whatever platform he puts you on, you can celebrate his unfathomable love. This is the gospel. This is why God redeemed you. This is the poema of your life. It's a love poem that God wants you to share and celebrate in the world today. His goal is to complete us by bringing us to himself and to make us like himself by filling us with himself. It's an amazing plan. He fills us with himself through the Holy Spirit and, and he gives us all that he is and has through his riches in Christ Jesus. When Christ is at home at our hearts, our houses, this is what Paul says, our houses will be filled with God's love. The fullness of all that God is. That's how God can do immeasurably more in your life, in your house, in your relationships in 2019. That's why I'm challenging you to pray this prayer. Why? Because he is able. That's how Paul ends this prayer. Now to him, not to you. You are not able. You are not capable. You can't do this. I can't do this. But with God supplying all that we need according to his riches, he can do immeasurably more than you could even dream, dream about in your family and the generations. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is in work within us, to him be glory to the church in Christ Jesus throughout the generations, throughout the generations forever and ever, amen. What can you imagine for your family? What can you imagine? What could he do in restoring the broken relationships that you struggle with? What could he take your marriage to? What kind of a, a new high could he take your marriage to in loving relationship? How could he restore a wayward child in your life? How could he bring healing between in-laws who are outlaws? How could he do incredible things with your children and your marriage and the key relationships? He can do a major more salvation, reconciliation. He could bring a purpose that goes beyond this life because of his love. He can change a heart and break an addiction and heal a marriage and raise people from the dead in their relationships because of his love. He can bring hope that is eternal because of his love. God can do that. Do you believe that he can do that? Are you willing to get on your knees and ask him to do that? Because he's just waiting for you to ask. He's just waiting for you to give, to put this into his hand and say, Lord, just give me more. Take control of my life and show me immeasurably more. And as the band comes up and we end our service today in worship and communion, I'm going to ask you to pray for 30 days. A 30-day prayer challenge from now until Valentine's Day. To pray this love prayer, right? This is a love prayer. This house church prayer for the next 30 days over whatever key relational issue you have in your life with your mom or your dad or with your kids or in your marriage. Pray it together as a couple. What God does when a couple comes together and gets on their knees, amazing things start to happen when, when people do that. Pray this as a family. Small group leaders, would you pray this in your groups when you open your groups for the next 30 days? Small group leaders, would you pray this over your groups and over the relationships in your groups? Would you do that? And maybe you feel like you want somebody to walk with you. Join a group. See, this is about togetherness. Get involved in community and have other people praying for you. 
Grab somebody in the church as they go out. Would you pray this prayer with me for 30 days? Maybe you, you want a prayer partner. Ask somebody in the church to be your prayer partner. Uh, fill out a contact card. Maybe you want uh, our intercessors to be praying for you. They would love to pray this prayer over your family relationships. Fill this out and put it in the, in, the, in the offering box and let us pray for you for the next 30 days, this prayer for your life. I want our church to be praying and see that God's going to do immeasurably more. Are you guys in this with me? It's going to be amazing because I'm going to see you guys say, I got to measure how wide, how deep, how long, how high the love of God was in my life. And God did immeasurably more. I believe he's going to do immeasurably more. Because every week we come to this table and we take these elements and we say, Jesus, you were willing to give everything, your body and blood for me, to save me, to make me God's very own beloved child. And so I trust you. I surrender my life. I celebrate you. Do immeasurably more. Let's bow our heads as we prepare and pray this first prayer together for our lives and our relationships. Maybe today at communion, you want to grab somebody in your family or somebody from your small group or somebody and have a prayer with them about the key issues of your life. Just do that. Feel free to worship and do that. Father, I pray for every need in this room, every heart, every hurt, every pain. I thank you that you are the God of immeasurably more. So I bend my knee before you, Jesus, and I ask that you would strengthen us with might through your Holy Spirit, this church, every person here. Lord God, that you you would dwell at home in our lives, our hearts, Lord God, by faith. And because of your love at this table that's poured out, that we would be able to grasp what is the height and the breadth and the depth of the love you have for us. Fill us to the fullness of God in 2019 and do immeasurably more in this church and in our lives. We're excited for what you're going to do. You're the God who changes generations and we celebrate your love in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that this message has challenged and encouraged you. If you need prayer, would like to join a small group community, or are interested in partnering with our work throughout Costa Mesa and Orange County, please go to watermarkoc.com. We would love to start a conversation.